Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. We're going to continue where we left off last week in the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to begin with verse 17. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Like, that would be good just to stop right there. Like, children, heirs of like, man, we're, we're inheritance of what God has for us. Does anybody have like some, some family members that are just like, oh, yeah, we know there's a big inheritance coming, right? For the rest of us, they're like, no, that ain't never going to happen. You got a father in heaven. Come on, somebody. It got all of it. And we get to join in here with him. But then there's this word, but, oh, Paul, really? But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all of creation, come on, all. Come on, Cameron, where are you? Eh. That's what that means. I don't know. Anyway. All, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Japanese, all of creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against this will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the recreation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom, come on, from death and decay. For we know that all, <laughs> I really do want to do that. I do that. That's just part of who I am, y'all. Has been in groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of this future glory. For we belong with our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering. Can I get a better amen than that? Come on. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including these new bodies that he has promised us. No more back pain. Come on. Joints hurting. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something, we don't yet have it. We must wait patiently and confidently. It's hard to do sometimes. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot even be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, and the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And to recap what we 
said last week, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Freedom from death and decay, eternity with God. How do you imagine that? How do you imagine life free of, of, of death and decay? Because here's the problem, you've never seen it. Everything that you've ever seen and everything that you've ever known is broken. All of it. All of creation itself is broken in anticipation and it was subject to this curse, nothing of its own doing, but because of what Adam did in that disobedient act. Now all of creation is just suffering and waiting. So we've never seen a world, we've never seen a life free from this death and this decay. And, and I think about how when these, I read these words this week, I, I think I've always kind of gone instantly to the death part of like, yes, uh, we, we will no longer die eternal beings with God. But the decay part, like what is that going to look like, God, to have a world and have eternity where things, like they don't break. There's no decay because all we know is decay. Everything you've ever known breaks. Trees, houses, cars, come on, all of it. Bodies, it just breaks. I remember Chris Stanley one time was saying, hey, he went, I want to buy a TV that lasts 20 years. They don't make those anymore, <laughs> right? All of the things, it, it, it all breaks, but then there's the cadence. So how does that work? Like, do you age without growing old? I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, and then I, I literally spent probably like a good hour this week thinking about our hair because it's all dead skin cells. So it's like, how will that not decay? Is there no haircuts in heaven? Like, do you get to choose your haircut every morning? Or, or is there just no hair at all? Are we all bald like Gary? <laughs> Does Gary have the heavenly haircut? I don't know how it works. Like some of y'all are like, no, 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 there's gonna be hair in heaven. I'm not sure. I don't know how this whole thing works. And I, I literally spent so much time thinking about hair in heaven and how, this is how my mind works, y'all. Eternity, free from death and decay. And, and I got to thinking, like, like, we could put a man on the moon, but we can't cure male pattern baldness, <laughs> right? We could do all of these crazy things, but all of those commercials, like, oh, your hair's gonna grow. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just not, guys. Just, like, accept it. It is what it is. You know, we put a man on the moon. We could do all of these things. And I just thought this is pretty, a pretty good example of the human condition. We can build empires, right? We could build these empires, but you can't stop the sadness in your soul. You can work for 14 hours a day every day, but you can't sit still for 20 minutes. You could come to church and you could hear great worship, you could hear a powerful sermon, but sometimes when we leave this place, the only voice that you could hear is that of the enemy. My point is this, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. The one who knows what life is without death, without decay, and creation itself, Paul tells us, listen, it's groaning in anticipation, and so are we. So are we. He, he says these things like, 
wait, hold up, Paul, you're, you're a Christian, you're a follower of God, you're saved. He's like, yeah, but I'm still groaning in anticipation because I know there's something more to this life than what I'm presently living in the flesh. There's something more to it. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. If I find myself and my desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I'm made for another world. There's something about your soul that's in you that like, I know that there's more to this life and there's this groaning and anticipation for that which is to come. And so we've been talking about this idea of just a reboot, purpose and calling. And God, what is it that you have for? Because there's this thing in our souls that we know that there's more to it. And last week, we took some time to look at what Jesus is saying. You want to know what you're called to? This is the work that I am doing inside of you to make you more like me, to be made in his, his image, in his likeness, to be fully surrendered to what God is doing, to be light in the darkness, to be salt, to be light. Now, here's the thing. We live in this world where we find this to be the case, darkness in this broken world can often masquerade itself as light. It looks like light, but it's darkness. Darkness can masquerade like light. It's called Facebook. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Others will find out eventually. Uh, I remember this week, uh, actually it was a few weeks ago, whenever I say just the other day, that can mean like 17 years ago. <laughs> time and my mind don't work the exact way they should. Um, so just the other day, I was sitting in my living room, and in my living room on the back wall, we have a whole bunch of windows, and so the sun will pour into the house, and often we don't have to turn the lights on in the living room because the sun is coming in. And so I'll find myself sitting on the couch reading a book or something like that, and I remember this particular moment I'm reading, and before I knew it, the sun started to go down slowly, but ever surely it does what it does every day, and the, the sun was going down. But as I was reading, I didn't notice. I didn't notice how dark the room had gotten, and to which I just kind of got the Bible or whatever I was reading. I just got a little bit closer and a little bit more closer, and I didn't realize you're just, you're in the book, you're in the novel, you're reading. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, oh, excuse me, I mean Devin, <laughs> came into the room and as Devin came into the room, she flipped the light switch on. And as she flipped the light switch on, all of a sudden there was this revelation. I've been sitting in the dark, <laughs> trying to read in the dark, and now all of a sudden there is light pouring into the room. Why do I tell that story? Because I think it's a good example of where we find ourselves at in America. We've been sitting in a room and slowly but surely, the culture has shifted, and things have changed. In a lot of ways, we think everything's okay, but I'm telling you, we come to church, and this is the moment where God turns the light on. This is the moment where we come, and God, God says, no, no, hold on. I know that you think that everything is going good, but let's, let's look at the Word. Let's examine what I'm doing, and all of a sudden, whoa, God, I didn't even realize that had kind of, the sun had gone down, it had gotten a little darker, and God just wants to light up your mind and your life and your hearts. And, and what I've come to realize, and oftentimes when God does this, when we enter a service, when we enter his presence, when we enter into prayer, there's often these kind of two reactions. One, there's this initial reaction of like, 
oh no, we've, this is darkness and this kind of almost doom and gloom of like everything is hopeless. I can't believe like things have gotten so bad and it's so hard or what are we gonna do? And, and everything's this woe is me and it's hopeless. And then there's also this reaction of just sheer amazement of like, whoa, you've turned the light on God and wow. Look at your word and look at what you're doing and look at how you're moving and now things are just so much, well, brighter and better. And, and I think, for the healthy Christian, you should have the ability to recognize both. To recognize the brokenness of the world that we live in while tempered with the redemptive work of Christ. And that's exactly what Paul is doing here in Romans chapter 8. He's refreshing our minds. The light is being turned on. And he's saying, listen, no, this world is broken. Things are bad. Christians are being persecuted. All of these things are happening. But he's flipping the light on. Like, there's the redemption power and this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that his blood covers all of things. And all things will be reconciled to himself. And he's very clear. But even us as believers are groaning. Even though we have the Holy Spirit. And I love the fact that he says this. Because he says the words that most of us think, but none of us want to say out loud. That, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a believer. I have all of this thing, but there's still this peace that I know that there's something more, and I'm trying to find it, even with the Holy Spirit inside of me. And Paul says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saved. You're free. You're being transformed. But this life that you're living, yes, there's a groaning for more, and this glory is yet to be revealed. So it leaves us with this kind of conundrum of like, you have it, and yet you don't have it. It's, it's here, and it's now, and it's yet to come. And he uses this word, and I love how the NLT puts it. It says we have a foretaste with the Holy Spirit. We have this foretaste in him living in us of that glory which is to come. And when I read this word foretaste, all I could think of was the word appetizer. The Holy Spirit it's a foretaste. It's not the, it's not the main meal. You're still, something's still on the way, but it's, it warms you up to the main meal. See, that's what a good appetizer does. A good appetizer doesn't fully satisfy your hunger. A full appetizer just kind of wets your taste buds and makes you say, I want some more. And he's saying like the Holy Spirit's doing that inside of you. You have that spirit. And he's, he's like a foretaste of things to come. You ever done that? You ever gone to a restaurant and you've ordered and you've, you've ordered your meal and you have an appetizer come out and you're just like, yes, yes, this is it. This is good. Uh, I was thinking about Outback this week. I haven't been there in a long time, but those of y'all who know Outback understand this thing called the blooming onion. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. And I think the blooming onion, now listen for all of you extra Christians. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to destroy my metaphor. It's just a metaphor. I think we are the blooming onions. Because who in here wants to eat just an onion? Right? Onions are horrible. You got apples, you got oranges, bananas. Who wants just to eat a bite of onion? No, 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 no. But you take that onion, you break it apart, you put it in the hands of God, he deep fries you in some Cajun seasoning. <laughs> And he serves you on a table to the world that took something nasty and disgusting and made it beautiful, and now you're paying $15.95 for an onion? Come on. <laughs> it just feels like my life. 
come on, baby, come on, blooming onion kind of God, just takes it as an appetizer of things to come, to be salt, to be light, to get out in this community. No, no, this is just a taste of the spirit of God that's living inside of us as Christians and believers in this dark world, and we take it to them, and all of a sudden, they just see and they get a taste. Oh, no, I want some more of that. Seeing their good works, and then they'll glorify God in heaven. Come on. To be that salt, to be that light. Uh, this week, again, this week could mean a long time ago. I was reading this book about uh, string theory. And I love, I love that kind of stuff. And there's these string theorists, and, and they're, they're getting into and subatomic particles and all this stuff. And all of it is this kind of search to know what's the thing behind the thing. What's the thing that makes up all of creation, makes up uh, humanity and the building blocks for all of humanity? And so you have all these uh, super smart people and these string theorists and these scientists and they're, and they're working. And, and y'all know who grew up kind of in the 80s, all we knew was like there was the atom. And so the atom was like the building block of humanity. And there was these three things inside of an atom. And it was protons and neutrons and electrons. And, the, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, they started smashing atoms, and all these things happen. There's these things, subatomic particles, so these particles within the particles. And it's not just an atom, uh, uh, atoms anymore, but there's, there's things like quarks and muons and gluons, which is a great word. And quarks, and different types of quarks. And listen to this, one of them quark is called a strange quark. <laughs> like, what should we call this one? I don't know, just call it strange. Strange quark, and charm quarks, and alpha particles, and neutrinos and all of these subatomic particles and finding all of these particles that they thought that this was as small as it goes, but it gets in more. And they're looking at all these particles and what they're finding is some of these places that they've had these experiments in, in, in New York and in LA and even across the world where they're, they're testing and they're seeing the same particle can be in the same place or different places at the same time. So like there's, it's the same part of the subatomic particle that's here, but it's there. And it's, it's not even that it was here, but it was actually there before it got here. And, and not only was it there before it got here, when we get there, it'll already have been there. <laughs> Scientific language, I know. <laughs> and then they're breaking it down, and they're saying, and the best terminology of what they're saying with these subatomic particles is they're coming, it's this kind of, it's this kind of, well, light. And not only is it this kind of light, but there's this kind of wave length to this life, and there's this kind of light that kind of, well, it's kind of like the human voice that just kind of talks. Have you read Genesis 1? The light of the world spoke into creation. And so scientists are putting this language on this thing that we've known from the very beginning. That Well, I don't know, the, the building block of all of humanity, the, everything, the thing behind the thing is this kind of light and this kind of sound. And this light and this sound, and it's groaning in anticipation of something more to come. And it exists, and it's there, and it was already there, and he is the one who was and is and is to come. And the Holy Spirit is at work within us and through us. And here's the thing, it says, and if we are to partake in this, and we are to partake in this glory which is to come, we must also partake in his suffering. And here we have it, the great divide amongst American Christianity. Because we don't want to partake in the suffering. We want the crown without the cross. 
Let me put it another way. We love some free stuff. Come on, is it free? I don't, I'll take two. I don't care what it is. Free samples, aisle seven. What is, I don't know, we're running over there. We love some free stuff. Price tag 